What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send a biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of virtual conversation full of flowers this week, uh, Mark Francis. I'm coming your yeah. way first. How you doing? Yeah, man? great. And see, you said it again. This is a real conversation. It's not a virtual conversation. The conversation is real. Right. But it, it, you know, I, I guess so. the people who are listening in their car, driving down the road, they're hearing all of us talking and it's a real conversation. Real right? conversation. That's true. That's true. <laughs> How uh, are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Uh, we are back to back meetings this morning and then joining us once, once again, the lovely Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. good. Absolutely. You guys are both rocking your Zoom backgrounds. Alicia, you seem to have figured it out with the flowers and everything. Yes. So um, behind me are apple blossoms uh, in reference to Mark. He brought light of that in the sermon on Sunday. Uh, Excellent. And flowers uh, are from the trees at Marker Miller Orchard. So oh, wow. That's awesome. uh, I, took the, I took them last, I took the pictures last weekend. So, so that's that actually your picture. I, yes, this is my picture. And I drive by them every time I go to and from my house. So <laughs> that's awesome. Mark, really, is that actually your picture? Behind this is you? my picture shot in my front yard. No way. Just, really? uh, absolutely. Last oh, week wow. it was there. I am very impressed with you guys. I would Google a stock image of flowers so quickly. High and I quality, did. You know? I literally yeah. did before we started, but I'm too white. I match my own background. So the it pops up on my face, but that's it's the gotta point. grow more more facial hair. That's what'll do it. Dude, you know? it's getting it's getting bad quarantine, man. We're we we get so excited about backgrounds. That's how bored we all are. But there you go. Um, I'm zooming from my home. I'm a homeowner what? now. Yeah. What? We can't mock you for being in parents' basements anymore? Uh, no, I mean, no more parents' basement, man. I'm moving up in the world, literally. I live on the main floor now. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, life goes on, even when the economy doesn't. That's what I've learned to realize. And all the bills are yours now. That I've learned that, too. That has been lovely <laughs> to get that mail. And all, and, the, all the water leaks and all of yeah. the, you know... Oh yeah. Floors and, oh yeah. Yeah. I had guys here today working, you. On, working on the roof, working on the furnace a little bit. It's fun. You know, I got to prepare for that married life. My, my fiance is living and breathing as if the house is already hers. Cause it basically is. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta fix it up. So when she gets That's here, awesome. she's not, she's not disappointed. She's all, she's already going to be disappointed in me. I just got to make sure she's not disappointed in the house. You know what I mean? That's, that's right. kind of where we're at, but well, good to see you guys. Thank you for being here again. If you're listening or taking with us on the go, sorry when we talk about Zoom video and you're just an audio listener, but we love that you guys are a part of this each and every week. Again, this is just an opportunity for uh, the, the Congregation of Fellowship Bible Church to, to bond and connect throughout the week. Um, what does it look like to reflect on a weekend uh, a couple days later uh, and take that scripture, take that sermon um, with us? So that's what I want to do this morning. Uh, I want to talk about two things, you guys. One is just um, what Mark talked about in Romans 5 and, and the example, the, that picture he used of us being separated in our sin. Uh, and then also the, the end of the, the recording, the sermon, the video posted to YouTube, there's a very elaborate uh, and and yeah. from what I have heard, effective um, worship service. So um, the floor is open, you guys. I want to talk a little bit and debrief and discuss kind of a, a weekend in review. Uh, Mark, you were a part of that worship. Um, yeah. What was that? What was that creative process like for for you guys? And and have you heard any sort of feedback from people? 
tons of feedback, you know, and social media is great too, because fellowship has the fellowship family, um, fellowship, a Facebook page there. And, um, just a lot of different great posts from people, a lot of calls, a lot of texts, just, uh, appreciating the, the creative component. And, you know, it's, it's something that you see a lot of other people do and you see, you know, it looks like a Zoom meeting, right? It looks like there's a bunch of people in an orchestra. It looks like there's a bunch of people singing, but it goes way beyond that. And the intricacies of the behind the scenes to to pull that off is definitely um, unique. So I just got to give the shout out to Mike Lukens. He's super humble and quiet and he would never admit that that was a lot of work, sure. but he was the one who was behind the scenes person putting all together. So thanks to him for for doing it, but he was also the the one who brainstormed and came up with the idea. <laughs> so yeah. he knew what he was going to put himself into. But as as a worship planning team, we we planned to sing that song to close the service, and we always have known that you know we're not involving as many people as we can because of mm. attempting to keep the stage limited with people on it to to keep the building limited to ten people in the building. Really trying to honor those those standards. And, and which means that you can't have a big choir, you can't have an orchestra, you can't have even more singers on the stage. And just this is an excellent opportunity because we we did, if, you, if you're if you an FBCer, we did that arrangement of Oh Praise the Name last year at Easter. Mm. And um, it, it it's an arrangement that, you know, somebody else put together um, with the script and the, the kind of storytelling. But to be able to do it this way um, through the online worship service, I think was special because it allowed so many people to be involved. It allowed so many people to kind of just display and use their talents that haven't been able to use them in the worship service. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. And, and Caleb, you and I just came off of even an FBC staff meeting where we're hearing stories of so many of you people who are listening, so many people who are out there in FBC who are asking to serve, who want to participate and the worship ministry is no different. You know, we, we've had to limit the number of people who we've involved and people want to step forward. People want to help. And so doing that in the worship service or doing that to serve in our community and care for people, that's kind of the heart that we're hearing from people at FBC. And it's great. And so to to be able to display that talent, you know, is it could there's there's probably tons of better and other quality of videos out there of people, compilations, professional orchestras and choirs <laughs> singing, you know, but it's the heart of FBC. And that's, it's the people who were a part of that video that makes it really meaningful and special to those that were watching it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I really appreciated was just seeing the faces and I, I recognize that person. I know that person and just seeing them all to come together with one voice was so cool. So I, my request is more, please. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as long as we're in quarantine, and I know it's so much work, and I know Mike Lukens is probably like, <laughs> oh my gosh, but it was so good, and I it just it really blessed me, and it was just really, I think, God glorifying, um, and yeah. it was a little small picture of heaven with all of yeah. the voices coming together. Well, and I love that it is now up as its own separate YouTube video. So if you're listening to this, feel free to go check it out. You can watch just the worship portion, the collaboration that we did, but I was able to rewatch it again um, with my fiance and her family. We did a, a communion together and, and listen to it one more time. And it's, 
yeah, it, it's so impactful and even just a, a refreshing to see all those different faces and people coming together. And Mark, I like what you said there just about the reach of the worship team. It's, it's equal to the reach of the sermon. I mean, when we, when we talked to Mark Carey a couple of weeks ago on, on this podcast, what he said was, you know, based on the amount of people we have watching the sermon and, and from all these different countries, I mean, all, even our missionaries can now see and, and embrace his sermons, maybe more so than they would before, even though they've always been available. But it's just really cool to think about the, the reach of the church hasn't really been neglected um, by things that have happened. Yes, it's harder to meet in person, you know, the community we have to push forward for. But as far as our reach, I mean, this is an opportunity for for people to easily click a link or, or see what somebody's doing. So that was that was super powerful. And from the worship ministry standpoint, you know, we really want to continue to to grow in um, just this new normal. And, and yeah. if and right. when we do get back together, it's going to be in stages and phases mm-hmm. and we talked about that last podcast, but really, how can we learn from some of these experiences that we're going through with watching with our families in our houses? Um, you know, so as a worship team, how can we continue to include more variety and more creative ways of doing things, you know? And then as families, how can we continue to to grow together as families in our own houses to worship together? You know, when we do get back together and are allowed to meet and gather, are we just going to go back and be like, oh, we never, we're not going to sing in our house anymore. We're not going to engage in any kind of dialogue or conversation uh, about spiritual things, you know, so how can we as a church continue to grow in this opportunity of being together, but then also as a worship service, how can we, how can we uh, take these great experiences that we are seeing and, um, and push us further into worshiping God as a corporate body. So it's, it's kind of exciting. It's a neat way of, uh, yeah. of looking at things. Yeah. And there's, there's a way, you know, our listeners and our, our, the people that engage with the content throughout the week, they can be a part of this too. I mean, there's an opportunity to submit a story on the website. You know, you can get plugged in and get connected. I mean, even the staff, Mark, like you said in our meeting earlier this morning, we love to hear <laughs> from people. Um, yeah. We don't want it to be an empty, an empty ministry or an echo chamber of ministry. You know, we want people to say, "Hey, here is how this impacted me," uh, and it, when it bleeds through the church walls into the homes of these people or the homes of their relatives, I mean, that's that's so powerful. So, be encouraged. And by you just that. said stories. I mean, yeah, you yeah. just go to the website. It's fbcva.life/stories, and that's how you can submit. And I'll tell you, I mean, as a as a church, we're constantly looking for people who are willing to share their story, to share their testimony, but to share a God moment in their life. And we want to, we want to encourage anybody who's listening or watching to be able to do that because that's, that's the heartbeat. That's why even while we're doing this podcast to, to really kind of dive into the application part of things and how does, how does God's word impact our lives on a regular daily basis? That's real. That is showing how our families are being changed through his word more into his likeness. And, and so sharing your story, we want to, we want to publish that. We want to get that out there. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And you start to see these new faces. I mean, some of the feedback we got from that worship clip was who was that? Like I had people say, <laughs> who is that person? You know, we, we, as big as we are meeting and seeing these faces, it's like, Oh, that's right. I have now just recognized my same God in a new face in a new person that is also partnering with FBC's mission. So that's super cool. Uh, why don't we go ahead and jump into a Sunday in review? You know, let's put the sermon in the spotlight, so to speak. Uh, Alicia, I'll come your way. I mean, Mark's diving into Romans 5 some more. Um, what stood out to you from from his message this weekend? 
Well, uh, he took probably the first 75% of the, the sermon to review, right. which I thought was good. Um, he talked to us about the reality of sin, um, and he gave us a visual picture of how sin separates us from God. There's the people, and there's God, and then there's this huge chasm that divides us. And um, he brought to light the consequences of sin and then of course the solution to sin and that um obviously the cross jesus bridges that chasm um but in that there was another visual between those two that he had us people and god and how we would uh respond to that separation from god in a variety of ways whether it's our good deeds moral life, going to church, whatever that looks like. And th those all fall short. They fall down the chasm that doesn't bridge the gap. So, um, yeah, so I, I being visually minded, right. you, sure. the pictures were really helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, and I remember, and Mark, I mean, you guys have both been around for a while, but he's done that before, given that yeah. little example in that picture before. That's that's a common thing used to, to promote and make a picture of the gospel. But I remember early 2000s, Mark Carey, throwing a whiteboard up there. Do you, I mean, do you remember him doing oh, that? Oh, I remember. No, I mean, I remember before that where it was a projection um you know, with transparencies <laughs> right, right. and would draw stick figures to get up on the screen. So yeah. we've gone from just little transparencies or whiteboard stick figures to actually a pretty cool looking high tech yeah. Uh, yeah. two cliff, one chasm kind of bridge with the cross there <laughs> in yellow. That is, I'm telling you, the technology you. is yeah. Yeah. getting Mark Carey into the... And the message is the same. Yeah, it's you know, and and so for me that you know since I've seen it before that didn't strike me that much but it was one of the following slides where he was referencing the passage and referencing verses nine and ten and mm -hmm. into eleven where there was arrows kind of showing some correlations to how Paul wrote the text of being saved through his death and saved through his life and that to me was a little eye opening um, and it was a fresh way of presenting Romans 5 as a kind of segue or as a, a bridging of the gap, if you want to call it that, of the concept of justification and, and being saved from the wrath of, you know, hell to then the sanctification and being saved from the present wrath that we can potentially and see and experience each and every day. And, and that's that was interesting because, I mean, we all know Romans 6, 7, and 8 is the meat and the heart of Romans, which is all about sanctification. But to see this passage in that light as the transition um, was really cool. And especially for me, having that that word saved in our English language, um, I think as Christians, we just need your thing being saved from hell, right? Being saved from right. damnation, being saved. And, and that we're, you know, that's what saved to us means but really the heart of romans and even as mark referenced back to romans one the power of salvation for those who believe that salvation is that ongoing day-to-day -day recognition of how we have the ability of overcoming sin the ability of being saved from that wrath 
and that that to me was was uh, a great fresh perspective yeah yeah that's huge and just the way i mean alicia you mentioned it how uh, a large majority of the sermon at least you know the beginning was was recap you know we're diving through romans again he's quoting genesis he's quoting romans he's laying the foundation for what we're about to hear from scripture, but I think it speaks to that point, Mark, that you just shared of, we, we've got to understand the difference between justification and sanctification. He, you know, he talked about being justified, being declared right, and, and what that means for us, but then also that daily rescue of sanctification. Uh, to, to be saved means to be rescued. So it, when we read these verses, it's saved from what? We've got to understand what it is exactly referring to. And so Alicia, I'll come your way now. I mean, you guys both had community group maybe last night, from what I understand, um, yep. and you also engage, um, you know, even you know your sons in my in my small group. What is what it, ha, has the conversation been along those lines of justification and sanctification with your community group or with your kids, or how does how does the application of Romans five how has that looked like? Uh, yeah, so we you know we we've been declared righteous, we are justified, and so we get to that point, but we're still alive we're still on this earth we still sin are mm-hmm. we're not in heaven yet we we haven't been completely freed of this body of sin and so does god leave us to ourselves to mm-hmm. you know to be on our own and absolutely not and he's given us the holy spirit he's given us his word he has he has saved us from that power of sin that has such a grip on our hearts uh, so we don't have to sin uh, we He's, he has um, made a way for us to have victory in the here and now. And, um, you know, Mark talked about the word wrath. And the, for, in the New Testament, it, it's in a present tense form. And there, our grace for living now is also in the present tense. And um, so, yeah, so we're not left to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I love the way verse 11 reads. It just says, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so there's almost a, in response to all this, there's a more than that, we also get to rejoice in it. And it, I think it leads to an awareness of what has happened for us. And so right. as far as we apply or look towards our sanctification life, we get to look back and say, oh, that's right. I've been saved and, and now my identity is put in this person. And so God is not this, this genie that has rescued me and I'm stuck in my own ways. I am now in Christ and Christ is in me. And, and I like the way Mark kind of began to graduate into talking about how we can approach the New Testament. And he, and he shared something he shared with me before of just, if, if you wonder what a Christian is capable of doing, look at everything in the New Testament that says, don't do these things. Because it means you're capable of doing them. You're, you're, you have a natural inclination to do those things. But do not live by the flesh. You know, walk by the Spirit. And, and so it's the reality, the understanding of that picture um, linking us that I think is, is super important. And he uses those two letters or two words that start with the letter P, right? Yeah. He ended his sermon with that, of that we, because of Christ and the work that he's done for us, he's given us the ability to get over the penalty of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's that justification. But then we also have that ability to overcome the power of sin yeah. in our lives. And, and that's the saving grace that God has given us, that it's this ongoing salvation that, yes, we have that momentary salvation. But then we now have this call to, to use the spirit, 
to overcome the power of sin in our lives and ultimately to to kind of remove ourselves from that wrath of God. You know, that that Mark was sharing that there is this present wrath, that's that mm-hmm. present tense that is ongoing. And the the idea that he brought up the concept of discipline as well. And that, you know, is that constant kind of um, going back and forth with, with God shaping us, you know, and that's something that definitely our community group was talking about last, last night, because I wrestled with that personally. And I even brought it up a week ago. And and in our podcast, I, I was really close to bringing it up last week because Mark referenced this a week ago in his sermon in the beginning when he started unpacking verses, you know, two, three, four, five, and six of the trials and tribulations that we have. And that passage doesn't necessarily speak to self-inflicted trials. It was really more about the general things that happen. And, and, and I kind of view that as just the overall general wrath of God that happens because of a fallen world. But then when you really dive into the discipline that God gives us and that we walk through trials because of our own sin because of our own doing and God needs to reprove us. There's, there's an element of those moments that we're running through difficult times because, because he's disciplining us. And that is, that to me is a million dollar question. How do you still rectify that kind of idea of I'm sinning and I'm being disciplined and, and there's trials and I'm experiencing the wrath of God. And sometimes we don't get it. We, we have no clue that that's, that's going on, you know, we're just, but yet we're still called to, to rejoice, to exalt, to look to God, to know that he is shaping us ultimately for his good. So that's, that's my question to you guys. How do you, how have you dealt with that in your own life? I mean, is there to, to go through difficult time, you know, and, and just see God in it is, is challenging. I mean, to, to feel the discipline, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants to get smacked around and, and right. have tough times, you know? Right. Well, and I know for me personally, I had, I, I, it's, it's funny to say this. I literally forget what pastor it was I was talking to, but I said, Hey, I, I've had peers struggle with this idea of God seems to just punish. He seems to punish people. What is the dynamic that a Christian has of, of being punished by God and, and being smited in his ways or just being disciplined? by him and understanding that the fruit of your works, I mean, you're going to reap what you sow, bud. Um, You're going to need rescue from these things if you engage in them, even as a Christian. But to think of God as this far seated, you know, enthroned punisher, that's not the dynamic. Mark, you mentioned the word discipline and to dive into that word discipline. I mean, that speaks to a parent that's not just interested in whooping their kids, but is interested in teaching them. To, to instruct in the ways of, of, of righteousness and to correct. I mean, I think about that Timothy passage that talks about the word of God is useful for reproof, rebuke, and, and teaching, and ultimately correction, uh, and what that looks like, that idea of discipline. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it feels tough, but there is a positive trajectory to it, provided that you're mature in your faith, I think. Because if you're not, or if you lack that understanding, maybe it's that full picture that Mark shared in his sermon, um, you're not going to see it as, how in the world is this for my good? You know, how in the world is this anything but bad for me? And it's the perspective. Um, I don't know, Alicia, what do you think? Yeah, so that he read in Hebrews about, you know, God disciplining us as sons and daughters. Um, And furthermore, uh, in 12... 10, um, 
it reads, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. And um, so God's heart toward us is out of love. He, he loves us as a father and he's for us. He's not against us. And he's so, um, I know that in my life, it's, it's been, his discipline is hard, <laughs> but there's a gentleness and a care, a fatherly care that I always feel through the process. And, um, and I, there's an assurance just knowing that this is for my good. And, and I cannot wait until we get to Romans eight and, um, especially Romans eight twenty eight is my life verse. <laughs> but I, um, so I just, um, but just to know that his fatherly love is caring for me and that he loves me enough to not let me continue in my sin. He loves me so much that he comes after me and he pursues me and he pulls me up. Um, let's see the Psalm 40, um, David, um, he, he writes, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and he established my set steps and he has put a new song in my mouth praise to our god many will see it see it in fear and will trust in the lord and he so he's he is he loves us so much he reaches us out he pulls us up um so he he's he loves us he loves us when the, I love the end goal there of Hebrews 12, 10, it's that we may share his holiness. It's not that we may bask in the glory of our success or, or be delivered and be provided for above and beyond what we were expecting. The end goal here is to be drawn closer to him. I mean, I had a conversation with one of our pastors, Jim Poole, a couple of years ago on the way to Africa. I was kind of sharing my heart and sharing some things that I would basically like to see start to happen in my life. At that point, it was a pursuit of relationships, pursuit of full-time jobs, and this, this, and this. And he said, well, Caleb, God is going to pull you closer to himself. He wants to pull you closer to himself before he pulls you towards those things. You've got to focus and prioritize on growing closer to Christ because, yes, you can be ambitious. Yes, you can have goals. But, again, don't steer towards those things. Steer towards God and, and seek first his kingdom and all else will be added to you. I mean, I, I love to use that, that verse out of Matthew 6 because it, it, the context there is food, water, and shelter. So all the more true for the smaller things in life that should never be what we are pursuing, but rather, rather God. I think that's huge. And then, and then it goes back to what Alicia just read in Psalm 40, then many will see and will trust in the Lord. Because as we grow, then we're displaying God's light and his glory to the world around us, which is ultimately what God wants anyway. He wants not to have us just be growing and then just be isolated. We're being used to, to display who yeah. he is to a lost world. So it, it takes us and pushes us. And, and so that's how I think we can rejoice in suffering. That's how I think we can exalt during tribulations and trials, even through if it is discipline, because ultimately the wrath of God is going to display his love and his mercy and his glory throughout mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, I mean, God's true wrath, and whether Mark says this or not, is just to wipe people off the face of the earth, right? <laughs> I mean, we're all yeah. sinful people. You know, that's, that's ultimately what God's wrath would look like. So to have us live in this time and place and space where the wrath of God, it, we're being saved from that, is a display of his love and his mercy. And 
and to me, it's just going back to the passage, which I'll read it because we're, we're kind of hitting all around it. But mm-hmm. verse eight of Romans five, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. And it's that present tense of being saved and because of what he's done. And that's the gospel. And I think that's why Mark probably spent the first 75% of his sermon to review, because this passage speaks straight to the gospel and the good news of what Jesus has done for us. When, like you said, out of that uh, passage of Psalms that Alicia mentioned, it's so other people can turn to Christ. So we have the opportunity to, to share this stuff. And so I'd encourage you, if you're listening or watching to, the, to this podcast, submit your story, share what God has done to other people, because they can affirm it, they can uh, challenge you in it, and they can also encourage them. You know, it, it, it warms my heart when I hear so God work through somebody else's life. I mean, it, when you hear somebody else's testimony, it's a breath of fresh air because you think, oh, yes, that's right. Just because I am struggling with this or feeling that, it, it doesn't change the way God moves through people and he changes lives for the better. And so it's, it's, it, it changes the game. It, it's like an influx of optimism, I think, when we hear these stories and say, oh, that's right, but God. Um, so it's really, really and that's cool. the benefit of community. That's, you know, right. God has community built us and talking. created us to yeah. be in community. Yeah. Because yeah. without that, you know, you're going to be isolated and you're be, you'll be more prone to fall, you know, it's that being held up and being around other people is going to allow you to do that. And it starts with your family, you know, so, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, being able to hold each other accountable. I mean, our family, we, I'll tell you the Corona season, it, it comes in roller coaster ways, you know, sometimes they're great days and then some other days are just rough, yeah. <laughs> but all the while, if we can somehow point each other to God and, after difficult arguments and yelling or whatever is going on, you know, can we come back to each other and say, we love each other and know, okay, how are we growing from, from that together? And that's what God does with us, you know, mm-hmm. is that yeah. calls us to be a part of that community with him and fellowship. And yeah, we screw up, but he's going to pull us back up and we'll be better for it. Mark brought to light the word Eucharist, which means mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. And I think that that's another way, you know, that we can, actively pursue verse 11 and that we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we can encourage one another starting in our families and in our friendships and relationships just in thanksgiving and reminding each other Eucharist helping each other sometimes we need help we can't see what it is we need to be thankful for and so be able to have one another to help remind us look at what God has done look at how faithful God is look at how he has helped you how he has pulled you up from the mire and the muck and look at this you know, this future glory you know we for back in verse two we have this future glory but we also have this reconciliation relationship now that we have access to um, one of the things that I was sharing with our small group last night that um, you know, when if we're looking over, you know, the course of thing, we can see how God's, um, how much he loves us and how faithful he's been and our, our confidence is in him. And, um, and that same power would going back to being saved from the power of sin, that same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that saved me. And 
the Holy Spirit is dwelling me right now in my life today and in every day in this life. And, um, you know, if I could just access, you know, I, I can access, but it just blows my mind because that same power is available to me now to help me walk through this life, to uh, be triumphant over sin, to walk in thanksgiving in that Eucharist spirit. Um, so I think it's so important that we just continue to feed our souls with who God is and the truth of his word so that that gets easier and easier and easier for us to walk in that power that is ours today. And that's what I think so many Christians just lose sight of that. they right. you know, it's not that the Christians don't have the blessings It's that the Christians as a whole are ignorant of the blessings that they have the potential to tap into. And, and so that's my challenge to myself is how can I continue to grow and know that mm -hmm. I can be saved from the sin nature that I had, that I have this propensity to do those, those things. And I can, how can I grow in that and be, and be encouraged and then be a blessing to other people around it? Cause that I'll fall short of that. If I'm just on my own, it's mm -hmm. all through the power of the spirit that Alicia's talking about. That's really good. So, yeah, I mean, I think the take home there is, you know, get plugged in, um, in into the word, into each other's lives, into community. We all have the opportunity to to grow together. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that, that listen and, and participate weekly. Again, this video goes up on YouTube uh, and we send out the audio. Uh, you can also go to the Fellowship Fam Facebook page. It's so funny to see the uptick and the participation on that page with the quarantine because, uh, you know, everybody's there and everybody's online. So I know we're not together in person yet. I miss you two very much. Thank you guys for being on. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Mm -hmm.